bringing you cutting-edge insights from the world of technology. Join us to hear thought leaders explore the ever-evolving world of technology and telecoms to keep your industry knowledge up to the minute. You are listening to The Spearline Podcast. Welcome back to the latest episode of The Spearline Podcast. We had an insightful talk in the last episode with software engineer Brian Mullins about his role with the development team and Spearline support for his current studies. So be sure to check that out if you haven't already on the Spearline website or any of your favourite podcast platforms. And speaking of getting supported, this episode we speak to head of the support team, Noel Rain. But first, to continue down the path of development since episode 2, we speak to Patrick O'Connor, Quality Assurance Manager, about his role in the company and the importance of quality assurance in the customer's journey. Hi, Patrick. Hi, Josh. How you doing? Not too bad. Yourself? Yeah, can't complain. That's good. You're very welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, as we always like to do, would you mind telling our listeners who you are, what your role is, and how long you've been working here at Spearline? Yeah, no problem. So I'm Patrick O'Connor. I'm the uh, QA manager here at Spearline. Okay. Um, been working QA now for right about 10 years. Sorry to interrupt you there. What's QA? So QA is quality assurance. Okay. Um, so we're kind of... Kind of the last stop before the customers gets their hand on the product, and um, we're that last little check before it goes out the door, just to make sure everything is okie dokie, is the way it should be, and okie dokie, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's oh, a good way of putting wrapped it. Wrapped up nice and nice little package. Exactly, yeah. So you know, we've we've we kind of are a, a customer representative in some ways. You know, we're kind of half a dev team, half a customer. Okay. It's 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 a bit of in between two or three different things, you know. So it's that's a, mix, a nice healthy mix of everything. Nice healthy mix yeah. exactly, yeah. So our goal really is just to make sure that, you know, what we produce is to the quality we all want and we're kind of putting our best put forward to yeah. towards our customers, you know. Yeah, like you we've had members of the development team and product come down and we've been hearing constantly about QA yeah. and it's been slowly Bit by bit, we've been trying to figure out who you guys are. Um, so you're you're the last step of the project pipeline, really. Yeah, effectively, yeah. So the the last thing that happens, any any feature, any bug fix, anything like that, is it basically gets QA verified, which mm-hmm. which basically means you know somebody from QA is taking a look at it. Is, oh, is right. basically what's happened. Okay. Um, so we do various things. You know, one of the big things we do is we want to make sure that if if the guys add a new feature, it doesn't break existing functionality. Okay. Which can sometimes happen. Yeah. Um, so we have what's called a regression suite for that, which means even though the fix, even though the the new feature is um, in the number section, we'll also check the campaign section. Oh, okay. We'll also check the manual tester, things like that. So you have a set reaction, like yeah, you ne- you never know what happened under the hood, or you know, some weird knock on effect might have happened. So that's a big part of what we do is making sure that the new stuff doesn't break the old stuff. Very good, very good, and uh, you test the platform to ensure the customers have optimal customer experience really without any issues and is there any danger of being too careful so uh, there's no real danger of being too careful but you could be kind of like too picky or or too pedantic for sure Mm. um you know there's there's obviously we've we've quite a complex platform you know there's millions if not billions of ways of making numbers and making campaigns yeah you know, even with the best automation in the world, you're not going to hit every single one of those. Um, so it's it's about kind of picking our spots and making sure we get the best coverage, you know, in the time we have available to actually do it okay. and not kind of, you know, going down rabbit holes of... And it wouldn't be last second, it'd all just be... Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's time to breathe and stuff. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, 
And so, going from that there, uh, what type of programs and languages would you be using? In so, uh, it's similar enough to what the dev team use. Um, yeah. So, the guys have spoken about it before. Um, we're, we use Python. Um, on the QA team, we use 100% Python. Yeah. Um, we do that just to keep things simple. Um, it means, you know, we're not having to chop and change between various different languages and technologies. Um Python is a great language. I know the guys have spoken about it before. Yeah, it's been mentioned by Brian and uh, Pat, the other Patrick. The other yeah, Patrick, yeah. yes. <laughs> uh, they seem pretty happy with it. Yeah, it, it's just, it's, um, you know, it's easy to understand. It's um, it's very well supported. Mm -hmm. So, you know, any any new things we want to try with it, there's, there's generally um, good support there for things we want to do. So we use... Um, we use various different modules or plugins to to do our work. So we use we rely heavily on a um, a module called Selenium, which okay. is how we interact with the browser. Yeah. So if you if you were to see one of our programs running, it would look like the computer was possessed because <laughs> the mouse would literally be moving around the screen on its own. Oh yeah, and you know yeah. windows would be opening and closing and all this kind of thing because we want to simulate what the user does. Yeah. So that's what we do is we use Selenium. Oh, so which, you don't actually physically manually. Do it yourself as if like well we would if it was something small but we wanted we want the computer to do our work for okay. us because you know this regression suite I've been talking about you know there's 1500 tests inside there yeah, yeah. it yeah. would take me two weeks more to run that a computer will do it in two hours oh wow and it, yeah so I can be at home in bed and the computer is doing my work <laughs> great Jesus as, as I'm speaking now the computer is doing my work for me oh, so that's what we aim to do so sure. selenium is that bridge for us so it takes you know our Python script and it's able to feed those commands into Chrome and actually do those those button clicks and intertext and all that kind of stuff. Funny that you mentioned that because last episode uh, we had Brian on and he was talking about AI and he was on about having like AI as a helper. And it sounds kind of like that's nearly it. Or like, is it? Yeah, so it's, it's actually something I've been thinking about recently was um, just when Brian started doing the course. A lot of what we do is... Um, we need to maintain our tests. So as the guys are putting in small tweaks here and there, yeah. Yeah. we may have to go back and fix our existing tests um, simply because the computer only does exactly what you tell it. Uh -huh. So if you tell it to click this button and the button's not there, it kind of has a freak attack and doesn't know what to do. Okay. And it could just be that the text on the button has changed slightly. So if we had some sort of AI way of detecting that button, mm -hmm. it might make our maintenance of that a much, much easier. Yeah. So this is kind of, you know, way off in the future stuff that we might be looking at. It's early stages. It's yeah. very early stages, yeah. 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 But um, it just kind of shows that AI is, is the big thing and it is is what we can tie into. But um, yeah, we, we, we think of it more as a ghost infecting your computer <laughs> taking over. Oh, very spooky. Um, yeah. yes. uh, so you're the manager of QA and is it a, is it a big team? Uh, at the moment, no. Um, so I, was, I started just over two years ago. Uh, October 2017 was when I started and I was the first QA tester hired oh. by Spearline. Um, so I, I don't actually know how many were on the dev team at the time, but we all here in here in Skibbereen, we all fit into one small room. Yeah. Uh, now we fit into one very large room, <laughs> plus rooms in India and Romania and all <laughs> That's that. That's a very big room. <laughs> <laughs> so, but um, yeah, so in that time, you know, it, it, I've started on my own and there's now a team of four of us. Uh, there's, we've uh, two full time here in Cork. We've one uh, student placement. And then we have one in India at the moment. But uh, next year, we're looking to grow that. Um, simply because as the dev team grows, we need to grow. But not only that, we're we're behind, basically. Yeah. So because so much dev work was done, um, 
we need to catch up to what they were doing. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's the platform, which is kind of a lot of the focus, but, you know, we also have other environments. You know, there's this, the software the uh, support guys use and stuff like that. We don't actually test all that stuff yet. Okay. So, so we want to start getting our fingers into that, uh, making sure not only do we, you know, test the platform, but we test all the tools, everything the dev team produces. And not only that, we need to do it for multiple browsers. Ah, it's a bit time consuming. So it is like yeah, we, yeah. we officially support Chrome and Firefox. So at the moment, we really only test on Chrome. So we need to expand all that out. We yeah. need to test on Firefox and maybe a couple of other browsers that people might be using. So, okay, very good. Um, so have there been any times where you've had to break the project essentially and it's actually created more problems for you guys? So it's. I wouldn't say that us breaking it creates more problems. It it might create a bit more work, but at the end of the day, everything we do is to make sure when it goes out the door that you know it's what people expect. It's the way it should be. Yeah. So, you know, the the a lot of lot of QA testers will say, you know, I break things for a living. That's, that's yeah. what doing. <laughs> effectively to a point. That is what you're doing. You're you're looking for, you know, those little gaps in the system that maybe need to be shored up a little bit. So. Um, we had something like that maybe with our API. So our API has been out in the wild now for, well, it'll be, it'll be two years now in March. Um, okay. But before that launched, you know, that had to be thoroughly tested and stuff. So one of the issues I found was around error messages where they were coming back slightly different, which, right, yeah. you know, if you read an error message, you'll probably be able to figure it out. Yeah. But again, because a computer does exactly what you tell it, if your error message is slightly different, it might break it. Oh, okay. So because an API is something a computer is going to use, you know, we had to make sure that every single error message came back the exact same way as every other error message. So that was a fun one, hunting all those down. And I'd say that might have been a little bit stressful. And uh, <laughs> I'd say poor Vlad lost the lost the plot with me. <laughs> but he was very gracious about it, and he he did put in those fixes, which yeah. is great. So by the time it actually got released, you know the. There was uniformity in in the way we reported. You slept it. better anyway. <laughs> yeah, but, and I think we've seen that we haven't had any major problems with our API since it launched. Good, you know, yeah. which is which is great. Yeah. Um, would you be able to talk? Uh, well, you've just listed out a very big one there. But would you be able to talk about any other difficult scenarios or stories since you've started working with Spearline about the process and how you triumphantly solved the issue? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, like I said, I was I was the first QA tester hired in Spearline. Yeah. Um, Weirdly, the first problem I faced was trying to explain to people what I did because my original title was software tester Okay. on the testing platform in a company that tests things. So nobody <laughs> really knew what I was you, doing. You didn't even know yourself. Huh? Yeah, so I changed my title to QA very yeah, quickly. Yeah. Um, so that was the first thing. But the the biggest challenge really was, you know, getting all those QA processes up and running. Um, you know, lots of little things like we didn't have a bug tracker. So I had to make a bug tracker. Scratch. Well, I didn't make one from scratch, but, oh. you know, there's open source versions oh, okay. available. And, you know, I got one of those installed and up and running. And, you know, our automation runs on Jenkins, which would be a, an industry standard kind of yeah. tool. Brian so mentioned that, I think. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I got the original version of Jenkins up and running. Now, the development team have taken that and run with it and built upon it in ways I never could have, which is great. Yeah. But, you know, getting that first one up and running was, was obviously huge for me. Um, it used to be a... A machine that sat under my desk at my feet, but now he lives in the cloud and he's <laughs> able to serve everybody. <laughs> exactly. Do you ever sit with focus groups and pick up anything you might have missed or do you just wait for all the feedback first? Yeah. So obviously, you know, as as kind of we see ourselves a little bit as the customer representative, it's it's no good trying to do your job if you don't know how the customer uses it. Yeah. Um, so 
we're very lucky here that we have a CE team uh-huh. who, you know, engage with the customers, obviously. Um, so from talking to them, you kind of get a feel for how the platform actually gets used. Um, how the customers think and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So one of the early things I noticed was um, we allow CSV imports for numbers. So you can, you can bulk import numbers. It's a, it's a handy feature for, for new customers. Yeah, but uh, we had difficulties testing that. Just you know, for technical reasons, I won't go into here. It's a different podcast. But um, so we kind of we slightly ignored that area because it was like it was just one button. I say like, that's fine. No, we can do all the other stuff. We test everything else. That's fine. But then from sitting down with the CE guys, I realized that importing is what a lot of customers do okay. because they, could, they they would have ten thousand numbers. Yeah, they're not going to pay somebody to sit there for three weeks and do it manually. Yeah. So <laughs> they do it the automatic way. So. That made us kind of realize that, look, this CSV stuff, this import and export stuff, that's that's very important. Yeah. So now we know that any time... To focus on that. So. To focus on that. Yeah. So, you know, we now have that testing coverage in there. We figured out the technical issues. You know, it means any time a request comes in around import and export, you know, we got to be sharp. We got to be on our toes. We got to make sure that it works. It's not kind of a throwaway thing. Yeah. Um, and that's something that we, we wouldn't have learned if we hadn't talked to the CE team. Yeah. So... Yeah, so but uh, like I said, we're lucky that a lot of that stuff is in house. You know, it's it's not something that we and they're only just a room away as well. So yeah, yeah, like we don't have really like it's not a public piece of software. You know, it's not like an app that people download to their phone, and you know we've no idea what they're doing, and we're trying to figure stuff out. You know, a lot of what the um, the product team do would be trying to do that. Yeah, you're, you're still kind of interpreting data, whereas we have the guys we can just go and talk to them and say, hey, what do the experience and stuff yeah yeah, 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 yeah. exactly oh that's great um, Patrick thanks so for coming out to the show you're fantastic um, it was really <laughs> no problem really great to see you <laughs> <laughs> thank you um, it's yeah no it was, it's it's really interesting to see the, um, the development stages go through it's always yeah. the most probably more, my favourite parts like just to go through all the different phases and yeah. just to make sure that the Spearline product is at the highest quality yeah and now you know what those guys in the corner of the room exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you finally revealed yourself exactly uh, so really insightful for stuff thank you very much for coming yeah, on the no show yeah no problem all absolutely right. so that was some interesting stuff there from QA manager Patrick O'Connor mm-hmm. now before our next guest joins us in the studio talking about support we have some fun facts about one of the busiest days in the year for those of you who don't know what Black Friday is um, Black Friday is an informal name for the Friday following Thanksgiving in, New- in the United States, which is celebrated on the fourth Thursday of November. And here in Ireland, we celebrate the day as well. And it, although it's not as hectic as the US, it's still pretty significant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you see the shops pretty busy, all right? Um, over down the city. Yeah it's, yeah, it's it's nearly Black Friday week. Yeah, days, yeah, they, they're yeah. trying to extend it as much as they can. Yeah, they yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. So uh, another really interesting fact is, um, it's it's also the busiest day for another industry. Oh yeah, um, plumbers. What? Yeah, yeah. So oh. plumbers, um, they're often hit. They often hit their busiest day, the day after Thanksgiving holiday, often due to more guests in the house, which leads to uh, clogged drains. Uh. All that Thanksgiving dinner. Easy with the stuffing then. Mm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I have another fun fact for you there, Case. Oh, cool. Yeah. So uh, millennials have become some of the biggest demographic for Black Friday, with fifty-three percent of the millennials taking part in the shopping holiday. Oh. And then five of those that were five percent of those that were surveyed. Um, said that they waited up to a year to purchase in anticipation of Black Friday sales. Wow. Yeah, so while millennials are at the top of the list, Gen Xers, um, I hope I'm saying that right, um, <laughs> come in at a close second with 49.5% okay. and baby boomers uh, with 27%. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Wow. yeah so. 
So I, I can't believe that they're that prepared for this one day of the year. Yeah, you really would need to know what you want. Yeah, exactly, uh, yeah. I wouldn't have a clue. <laughs> I'm hoping to buy some cheap headphones. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's the first it'll go for me. So next up, we have a head of support, Noel Ryan, joining us in the studio, talking about his role here in the company. Hi, Noel. Hi, Josh. Uh, delighted to have you on the show. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself to listeners and tell us a little bit about yourself and your role here in the company at Spearline? Yeah, uh, thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Noel. I'm the head of support. Uh, I've been to the company for five years now. Oh, five um, years, wow. Yeah, so I was one of the first ones. Um, I'm coming from uh, just the next village over in Lep. Oh, nice, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I've had a background in computers and customer service, and now I manage the 24-7 support team. Wow, okay. It's a pretty big, responsible role, I'd say, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, for the uninitiated, would you be able to describe what exactly is testing support? In a nutshell, though. So, testing support is its kind of a, a job we've invented, so to say. Uh-huh. But So, it's a combination of a couple of different roles. It's yeah, yeah. customer service and it's technical support. Uh, our main objective is to keep the train on the tracks. Spearline right. train, like, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, testing support would be the first point of contact for any customer. Um, so on the Spearline platform, we have manual and automated. Um, we support both these products. Yeah. But on automated, all fails are manually verified by testing support team. Okay. All right. So your support team runs twenty four seven. Yeah. Oh wow. So twenty four seven. So that's shift work. Yeah. So you be on a few days, off a few days. You know, there's like a whole handover process. Uh, so some customers they test twenty four seven. Uh-huh. Uh, most other customers, they would be business hours, 8 to 6, but local time. Yeah. So say Europe, America, Asia. So tests are constant all day long. Okay. There always needs to be someone here on support to assist with customers if they have any common queries. You know, It's like peace of mind for the customer. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Just to know that there's someone always there waiting yeah. to make sure they're okay. And yeah. like... Some of it is complicated, some of it is simple, but like it's always whenever they can reach out to somebody, it yeah. kind of it gives them, you know, satisfaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like, is it a big team? Um, it's big enough. So now we've recently started a team in India. Oh, um, okay. So we brought half and half. Yeah. Between Ireland and India. Um, so like India has been a great addition. We started that in March. And we've, like, the whole idea behind India is we've expanded our culture and our yeah. knowledge base. Uh-huh. And, like, these guys are, like, highly intelligent and experienced in the field. Yeah. Uh, they've proven invaluable in the time they've been here so far. Uh-huh. Um, recently, we had them over for the summit. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, And these guys, they just fit in well with everybody, like... Yeah, I was chatting to a few of them, right? At the summit, they seem like a lovely bunch of lads. Like, yeah, they, 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 they are, yeah. So you and the team are constantly on the lookout to make sure our customers' lines are all running and... How often would uh, issues arise and where it's all hands on deck? Uh, plenty of times. So in an ideal world, it'd be once every few days. But like more often than not, it's m- way more often. Do you oh, know? Yeah, yeah. So like we tell people, if everything's working, you just have to sit back, relax, do you know? But we've got you covered. I mean, you might have seen in the office, like when issues arise, like it's just a lot of like, oh God. Yeah, <laughs> shouting over to different departments, making sure everything's running fine. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so global infrastructure is unpredictable by nature. 
and there's various reasons for outages across the world, like politics, economics. So like it could be civil re- unrest in the country, yeah, or it could be down to like literally people stealing the copper wires and selling. Really? Them yeah, we've seen that loads of times. Like, oh, you know? well, I didn't realize that was such a common er- issue. Is, uh, like, yeah. And then when all things are all hands on deck, it just shows there's efficient communication between the teams, yeah, between testing, CE, knock, development if needed, yeah, but like everybody stands up and gets involved. Sorts out the issue, does their part. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Good. 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 And uh, what would be some of the top network problems you encounter? Like I know you mentioned about people trying to steal copper wires. Oh well, yeah. So like the top network problems for customers would be audio quality, latency issues, and connection issues. Oh, okay. So this would be a good example of like where we work in conjunction with the C team and we identify issues and trends that are going across countries. Like some top customers have so much testing testing data that we can see when audio quality drops, yeah. when there's PDD increases, uh, latency issues. So then we can share all these CDRs with customers uh-huh. and then they can do that what they want with this data. They can use it to raise tickets with the carrier or they can just get a new carrier. Oh, okay. Which happens. Yeah. And it uh, helps resolve the issues quicker, I suppose, because they're, you have to pinpoint exactly what's actually happening. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We're able to tell them that data. And uh, Spearline introduced the uh, super ticket recently. Yeah. Um, for even better support. Uh, could you tell us how that works? So Super Ticket's a recent enough addition. So it's fully customizable for a customer, depending yeah. on the customer. It combines multiple alerts into one giant ticket. So say, for an example, say if a customer set it up to go for 10 countries, whatever, uh, five fails, and say 15 minutes, it reads back. So oh. say if in 15 minutes... There's five fails in 10 countries. It'll grab all those call details, put them all in one ticket, and yeah. sends off to the customer. And then they'll be able to do it. Instead of getting like 50 different... Yeah, bombarding constantly like every minute or something like that. You can yeah. just send it one big package and be like, here's your problem, resolve it. Exactly. Oh, that's so much handier. Oh. And uh, real-time outage maps, I keep hearing about these. So, like, How could a customer use these? So, like, again, these are another one that's fully customizable, customizable, depending on the customer. Yeah. So, the customer, this is for if they have, like, multiple teams, like, Europe, Asia, America, and they have, like, numbers all around the world. Like, uh, so, example, say a number is busy uh, multiple times. Yeah. It'll turn up red on, in the map. Yeah. So, then a customer will be like, oh, there's an issue going on that map or that country. Need to get it sorted. Okay. When the test starts scoring again, it'll turn orange. And when there's you know a, a specified amount of time, yeah, it'll, it'll be green for all clear. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. And it'd be different shades of green for like depending on the audio quality. Okay. Oh, that's actually makes things so much easier. So, um, so they won't have to keep dialing up or anything. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah. And uh, by any chance, could you give us any scenarios where Spearline was able to identify a serious network issue before anyone else was aware? So, uh, a few months back, we actually identified a major outage for a carrier in Europe. Okay. Uh, it turned out to be a cable cut. It's literally simple as that. A but cable. at the moment, we didn't know. Uh-huh. Um, this is another good example of cal- collaboration between the CE team and support. So, we knew one customer had these numbers failing. And we knew another customer would have the numbers begin to fail, yeah. like later on in the day. So, we were able to notify them before a customer complained. Oh, very good. That's really beneficial. Before they so, even tested yeah. it. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. And uh, like, that saves so much time for customers and stuff. Huh? Um, and how important can in-country testing be for a customer? Like any examples of real-world cases where we may or may not have been involved in, but networks went down so no one knew about it for a while? 
Um, so there's plenty of examples. So fact, you can only dial toll-free numbers in country. Okay. So you can, you know, it's like you can only call like a Belgium number within Belgium yeah. or France number within France. Yeah. But toll numbers, you can dial them internationally. There's a new thing popping up recently, universal international free phone numbers. Yeah. They're like customers have to set them up like have to pay a carrier to set them up there where they can ring them internationally, but they're not great. You know? Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like without in-country testing, the customer is at the mercy of their in-country ca- carrier. Okay. So like plenty of examples, number goes down, customer raises ticket, carrier says number is working, everything's fine, knowing the customer can't tell. Yeah. Uh the carrier fixes it, resolves the issue and confirms the customer, you know? So we can tell you when the number goes down and when the number comes back up. Oh, very yeah. good. So, Spearline is data the carriers are sometimes not aware of, like, issues on networks in their time. Does Spearline work with carriers? Yeah, so Spearline works with a lot of carriers. We've a lot of carriers as customers, and uh, we work with carriers to resolve issues where and when we can. Yeah. And the main difference between us and carriers is carriers are reactive, and Spearline is proactive. Oh, okay. And what, what, why are carriers reactive? Like, I mean, so carriers would have like like low, the carriers would only react if they have a customer complaint. Yeah. And they they work on managing and maintaining their networks. Um, we test all their numbers, and we can let them know when these numbers are actually down. Okay. So, Noel, uh, when an issue arises, what is the procedure that you guys have to take? So, we have various procedures for every different customer. So, just note that everything is manually verified. Uh-huh. Before marking and setting off an alert, support would, they'd make manual calls, they check our lines are operational, and we would give a rerun just for benefit of the doubt. Yeah. So, before alerting, we've actually rang this number four times. Oh, right. You know? not, even, not even just a triple check, then. Yeah, <laughs> we double, we triple check. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, how beneficial can Spearline being able to identify a serious network issue um, before anyone else is aware be for customers? It'd be very beneficial for customers because carriers will only act on customer complaints. Okay. So because we replicate customer experience from the outside in, we are notifying customers before complaints are actually made. Oh, okay, great. And uh, going from that there, uh, what, what would a usual day for support be like? So when I come in the morning, I would review the previous night slash morning. Yeah. You know, that'd be all the tests running, the fails. Uh, then I'd go through the emails, support tickets, knock tickets, handover from the guys on the night shift, yeah. you know, and then I would check in with CE, knock, like the TSAs, development, if there's any bugs that came in. So you have to cover basically nearly every department and stuff, make sure yeah. everything's running fine. And right? everybody like is good communication with everybody, everybody's yeah, happy yeah. to talk and we decide on actions to take, anything to implement, you know, ladder. Anything that you prioritise or anything like that. Exactly. Oh, okay, very good. And, uh, no, going from that there, um, what element of innovation is there in your role so there's plenty of innovation in this role so like one example is so we were talking about super ticket so a couple of years ago um we used to manually send every alert yeah so that would be like getting the details make up an email sending it to the customer's telops department so after a while we figured out how to automate that whole process yeah so now we just mark the tests and it gets into the, the right people then we came up with the super ticket, oh. which was a step further automating yeah. all these things. Um, so we'd be constantly working with Patrick Lynch to improve the job tester for like the team to actually use. Um, so JJ actually mentioned the job tester as well. So the job tester wouldn't be known to customers. So job tester is like, I would say it's like factory floor. 
Yeah. So it's what we deal with, and then it gets processed through to the actual customer. And another thing we're working on is we're working to build a knowledge base with the C team and the NOC team so we can cover all grounds, you know? Oh, very good. Yeah. So if a customer came in with a query, like, uh, about a certain country and, like, you know, uh, number formats and stuff, we'd be like, oh, yes, we know exactly what that is. Okay, <laughs> great. Um, Noel, thank you so much for coming on. It's been great having you on for someone from the head, well, not even just someone, but the head of support. <laughs> yeah. Um, so thank you very much for coming on to the show. Uh, thanks for having me. Well, that was another fascinating episode with some great insights into support and quality assurance. Thanks to our guests, Noel Ryan and Patrick O'Connor, for taking the time to come on to the show. With the Spearline podcast, we want to give you insights and updates from Spearline and the telecom industry itself. You can listen to previous episodes on all your favourite podcast platforms, and remember to subscribe so you won't miss any new episodes coming out. With millions of test calls conducted worldwide, Spearline is a technology company that proactively monitors toll and toll-free numbers in-country for connectivity and audio quality globally. If you would like to find out more about how Spearline can help your business, please contact us at Spearline.com. And for more insights and in-depth interviews like these, you can subscribe to the Spearline podcast channel. And don't forget to check out Spearline.com, where you can find all of our latest articles, videos, white papers, and much more. Till next time, and thank you for listening to the Spearline podcast. Podcast.